We now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast listening. Theme song guy. On this podcast, we let it go. Because Hakuna Matata and the bare necessities will always be our guide to infinity and beyond. All it takes is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. We know that life is better under the sea. Because on this podcast, we do Disney. Hi there. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Meehan, and welcome to Doing Disney. Today is something a little strange, a little unusual of a concept, but I can't wait to see where this conversation is going to lead. Today's topic is MCU characters who premiered in movies then crossed over to the Marvel TV shows. Now, I'm going to put a big asterisk, a big caveat on that. We are talking specifically the Disney Plus Phase 4 TV show. So they have to have premiered in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie first and then crossed over into the Disney Plus shows. So this is the brainstorm of none other than my very special guest, one Mr. Jim Green. Jim, welcome to the show. Morning. Good morning. Good night. You know, it's opposite this time. It's usually nighttime for everybody and morning time for you. But I just decided to surprise. We're going to do it this time. I love it. Now, Jim, I consider you of somewhat a podcast connoisseur. You enjoy podcasts. And I immediately loved this idea because um, I love when a show goes off the beaten path a little bit. So something that breaks the formula, something that's a bit of a special and something that's definitely hitting on what's happening now. So, Jim, how did you come up with this idea? Well, uh, like for you told me, like at first you were like it was early like it is right now. And I was reading it. and You were like TV shows. And I thought of just like TV shows in general. I didn't think of when you put Marvel, Disney, Pixar, Star Wars TV shows or TV shows, it was like the TV shows from those things. So of was those, like, yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, but but it's fine. It's still fine. So I was like, what have I watched the most most recently of? And it's been the TV shows because I haven't like rewatched the MCU or like Star Wars or anything. But all the Marvel TV shows I watch with my wife, so it's like, okay, yeah, I know, I know plenty about these. And then I thought, how could I mix mix it, match it a little bit, and that's where I thought of this idea. I love it. I'm very much in the same light. This is like one of our couples things we're going through. I'm just going to throw it out there now. We are still on Moon Knight, so we are a little bit behind. So, Jim, you're going to power forward for me when we get to those more recent shows, but I appreciate no, that. Don't worry, but it's okay. You can't be on the internet nowadays and not be seeing what's happening on She-Hulk, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, yes, and at, at point of recording, it is halfway through the season of She-Hulk. It's halfway point. about Season. About. Uh, season. Episode four came went up yesterday, mm-hmm. which I don't think there was anybody new in that, any mm-hmm. any newer cameos in that. So and Megan the Stallion has not been in the MCU movies yet, so she it won't be count. she won't she does not count for this. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's kick it off with our first MCU Disney Plus show. We're starting with WandaVision. Jim, which characters do we have that crossed over into WandaVision? The two main ones, um, and again, the the whole point of this is like, obviously, we're not going to talk about Wanda or Vision or Falcon in the Winter Soldier. It's about the side characters who you've also seen before. Um, the two, the two big ones. Um, well, do you want to do you want to throw in the like um, shout out ones for each show so we don't just like it's like you know they're here, but we're not going to really talk about them that much so people aren't yeah, like, sure. like why didn't you mention? <laughs> but okay so um for this one we have um darcy jimmy woo played by kat dennings and randall park 
And you have Monica Rambo played by uh, Tiana Paris, which, um, you know, she she has not been in an MCU movie yet, but she's going to be. So, like, we'll add, we'll tack on those where they haven't been in an MCU movie. But, you know, we know she's in They're the up to coming it. up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the main two is uh, you got Jimmy Woo and and Darcy. Um, where And I think with that I really like about Jimmy Woo here is you also like in the Ant-Man movies, he's kind of just like an idiot. <laughs> Cause he's like, like he's doing the magic trick. exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, he's like wondering how Scott does the magic trick. And he's, he like, you see him like practicing it, which is, that's one of the things that uh, thanks Twitter, where it's like, you see him practicing it in the movie and sucking at it. And then in WandaVision, it's like character development complete. He He's learned it. He's learned the magic trick with the business card. Um, yeah, so the, um, and kind of with Darcy as well, that that was one thing I thought was really interesting about both of them in WandaVision to where it was like, oh, you saw them as kind of like, well, uh, Darcy Darcy was just this like kind of like bumbling intern comedic character. Same thing with, with Jimmy Woo to where it's like both of them were these like comedic side characters that you're like, like, why aren't they here? Are they actually good at this? Like, but then in WandaVision, you actually get the character development for both of them with Jimmy. It's like, oh, okay, he's like, he's like a good, he's a good cop now. Like he's he's um um uh, my words aren't coming to me this morning, but uh, ad- adequate. Like he's he's yeah. he's an adequate detective cop guy, paranormal superhuman person thing. And then with Darcy, obviously it's Doctor Darcy now. Yeah. Which that absolutely. was just like when I when I heard that I was like, hell yeah, Darcy, you're a doctor now. You you know all that with Jane Foster and all all of that paid off. And you know obviously uh, with uh, with Darcy, like this is like the stepping stone for her of like sh- you really only in the first Thor movies you really only saw her as like the bumbling intern comedic like side character because it's Kat Dennings obviously so she's in those kind of roles but then this is where you get her like the more serious I'm I'm a I have like a PhD and stuff now and then like it carries over into the last uh into Thor Love and Thunder where you see dark spoiler alert there's gonna be some spoiler just spoiler for every MCU thing that has been released up until up to date September 9th US time like so She-Hulk episode four, everything in the MCU before She-Hulk episode four. Um, Darcy is in Thor Love and Thunder. And then, you know, she approaches Jane is like, you know, I'm a fellow, you know, I have a PhD too. I'm smart. And like, so it that was, I think that's what makes uh, Darcy's stuff in WandaVision age better. Uh, it's because it's like that stepping, it's the, it's that stepping stone you needed to have her from Bowling Psychic, Dr. Darcy, and then serious like friend of Jane Foster in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, I cannot agree more. It's absolutely. And it's two characters like I would never think of seeing again. So um, with Darcy, definitely like in Thor, it's like very little sister vibes. And mm-hmm. even when she rocked up, I'm like, Kat Dennings. I'm like, haven't we seen Kat Dennings? Because it's been a while since I've seen Thor. Thor's not very high on my my list. And yeah. I'm like, she was in something, wasn't she? And then when they were like, oh, astrophysicist and how serious she was taking it all, she gets out of her equipment and she gets results, but she's still funny, which is great. And you're right, it is that stepping stone that now she's, I'm hoping she's going to be our new Selvig. Like she's going to be a 
fact scientist going to be the one that sort of is tying these things together more reality based but without the superhero powers that makes sense right it you just like blew my mind a little bit i'm trying to think if like if papa skarsgård has been in it like i was like is he a a disembodied voice or like recording or something in one of these shows i don't think he is i think it's like maybe the end of shang chi or something Mm. but yeah but i was thinking like have we seen Stellan Skarsgård recently? Not but um, um, uh, Kat did, it was the first time she played Darcy since Thor The Dark World. So it was mm-hmm. like a good seven, seven year, years, seven, yeah. eight year gap there. Absolutely. And uh, Jimmy Woo as well. Like I like, I quite like Randall Park. Like he's always a good time on the TV. So, oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, Asian Jim. <laughs> Jim's not so now Asian. we've got two Jims with the multiverse of Jims. Thanks for not noticing, buddy. (laughs) So absolutely. I think, like, what a great way to um, bring in some characters. I guess Jimmy Woo had only been around since Ant-Man and the Wasp for two years, but, again, Kat Dennings, that seven years, like, underrated characters that they could just pluck out and breathe new life into or saw new potential in. So I I thought that was great as well. Let's throw it over to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Who we got that transitioned over from the MCU films into that? as our side characters that one is that this one's a little a little bit tougher ish um just because um oh did i write this wrong no i just scrolled a little too far um because obviously we're not like we said we're not going with the two main um we're not going with the two main characters of it but um you know, Daniel Brühl, Brühl and oh, yeah. um, Emily Van Camp both reprised their roles in like, they're, they're like supporting characters of the show. They're in basically the whole thing. Um, so, you know, Zemo, you get Zemo, just everyone fell in love with him because, yeah, because of his dancing. His dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it just added more layers to that character. And, you know, of, especially after you see civil war and it's like my family and you're like, why is he called Baron Zemo? And it's like, Oh, he's like a super rich dude and, and stuff like that. And it, it was just real fun to like, you go from like he like gets out of prison and is immediately on like private jets and stuff again, which is like, <laughs> it's kind of just awesome. And he's there the whole time. Um, and then you have Sharon, of course, being the like power broker. Bum, bum, bum. We didn't see that coming after like, the first two scenes that she was in when she was <laughs> like side-eyeing about the power the broker. shady like, stuff going down. Yeah. yeah. We were like, so Sharon's the power broker, right? And it's like, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. of course she is. <laughs> um, and then um, one that I actually forgot two, I'm saying two, I actually forgot just looking at the like cast list is you have George St. Pierre as uh, Bat- Batrock, 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 the, the mercenary from the beginning yeah. of is that Winter Soldier? Winter Soldier. I yeah, on so. the on the boat when they pay, when they save Stillwell. Yeah, so the Winter Soldier. Yeah, George Saint Pierre is in this, which you know he's just still French mercenary guy. Um, and then uh, Don Cheadle is in it. I forgot Don Cheadle is in oh, the when they go to the when they go to Steve's museum, like the Captain yes. America museum. Uh, Don Cheadle, the the Don you know, shout out something different from, <laughs> he just, he just swoops in Don Cheadle. Um, yeah. 
and and of course his is like just more like that that those two are more like true cameo type of things to where it's like oh i think george is in it a bit more but don Cheadle is like the true cameo of you know sam at a museum and then he comes in and he just comes in for a little bit and then he's like uh rousing speech rousing speech from a mcu character and sam's like yeah rousing speech rousing speech and then that's all you see of 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 brody oh i love it um for falcon and winter soldier I don't know, like, on, on Facebook for WandaVision, definitely, the memes that were coming out with each episode were great. So I think there was, like, vision posting, like, any of, like, the shit posting groups. Like, me and my partner were really into that. We'll send each other memes during the day. So, like, the Agatha all along was meme to death and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this was the one this show really took off that you have to be watching each week because otherwise you're going to get spoilers. And I think it was also the rise of, like, episode two with no context you know how like there's that format of meme and like it's still spoilery like no matter what so this one with the the dancing definitely took off definitely sent gifts of that a lot um and now we get the um zemo and falcon on the plane like damn it he's right you know we see that template used a lot so this is the one that really made me feel like if you're not keeping up weekly like just forget it like you're gonna get spoiled yeah you're gonna get spoiled though oh and the the one i forgot to tack on to the end which it's okay to tack her on the very end of this because she's she she's also a true cameo is uh julia louis dreyfus is valentina so she, you know, like hers is another true cameo to where it's just like last episode, you got um, uh, Wyatt Russell, uh, who's oh, yeah. John Walker. Yeah. You got John Walker, yeah. right? Yeah. And she's they're setting up the Thunderbolts movie, um, and you know she cameos at the end of Black Widow, Black Widow. Yes. which was bef- was that before this? Was this? No, it released after because of COVID. Like it got pushed. Black Widow released after, but it technically it's set before this one because it's the prequel before Natasha dies. Yeah, it's all that. Um, the math lady meme face. <laughs> yeah. So the release dates, uh, I'm not entirely sure on, which I'm very curious now when I want to Google it. But um, but yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus has another like just true cameo of, you know, the, the old school like MCU cameo to where it's like, because that's what she is in Black Widow, end of the thing. Oh, hey, I know who killed your sister at Thunderbolt's time. And it's like, here you go. And then at the end of this one, it's like, hey, I know what, what, who could use someone like you, Thunderbolt's time. And it's um, Black Widow. I yeah, want to Black Widow was released in like March, right? Or like February? Oh, no, June. So it was, yeah, it's just like gray. Definitely, I'll, I'll piggyback off of that because um, Julie Louis Dreyfus, I was really happy you said that it was in this one because I thought it was this last episode and I just could not remember. But um, ever since watching Veep, like I really love when she's playing these very stern characters. I think she's really nailing that archetype. So anytime mm-hmm. she's popping up now, you are right. It is what we're getting with what we got with Nick Fury in the first few lead-ups to the Avengers, where it's that tag and it's setting up that secret I am team. Iron Man, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the Thor hammer and all that. Like, she's doing these things in the background, and I'm excited to see. That's um one of the common complaints about Phase 4 is that there's no interlocking, that they don't know where they're going. But it's I'm enjoying really following weird. that thread. Like, um, uh, with Thor: Love and Thunder, like Thor: Love and Thunder, you had Brett Goldstein, uh, Roy Kent, Roy Kent. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. 
Roy Kent. Uh, and then you also have um, Olivia Wilde's favorite person, Harry Styles, popping up at the end of Eternals. Mm. And it's like both of those characters, it's like they've given interviews. Both those actors have given interviews like, oh, I have no clue when I'm actually going to be in a movie or when they're going to use me again. They just had me do that. They had me like, you know, film this scene in a day. And then, yeah. but whereas like, you know, the Julie Louis Dreyfus and then the old school, it's weird to say old school because the MCU is like 14 years old now, where it was like, oh, you know, and if Iron Man goes into Iron Man 2, which is like, you know, the, the Stinger sets up Iron Man 2, which is kind of like the very first, like, um, it's the very first uh, Avengers-y setting up thing. And then yeah. the end of Iron, which one's at the end of Iron Man 2? Is it? Isn't it Thor? Thor? Is it Thor? Is it the, is it hammer? the hammer and the Demis? Yeah. So the hammer in the desert yeah. leads directly to the Thor, and then the end of Thor is like, uh, we found him, and you know, and they find Captain America, and then it's like Captain America goes straight into the Avengers, and then, but now it's just like, oh, you know, here's Harry Styles and Brad Goldstein. You'll see them maybe in like five years in like another Thor movie or Eternals movie or something, and this is like the Julia Louis Dreyfus thing of like directly is like, oh, hey, end of this end of this show setting up thunderbolts oh hey end of black widow here here we go setting up thunderbolts and here's hot here's the hawkeye set up and then but um i'm trying to think of any other mcu show oh i mean uh it's a little bit different sort of uh because the end of in the end of uh wandavision monica rambo gets the the scroll thing you know and then they set up the which that's not a stinger, but they set up the the Marvels and stuff like, oh, you you know, you're going to space or whatever. But still, that's kind of like on the like Harry Styles ish Brett Goldstein thing instead of here's what's directly leading to this. That's just more of like, oh, hey, she's going to be in this movie that comes out three or four years from now. So very much. I agree. Those connective threads is so important. Um, yeah. So to have Daniel Brule come back as Zemo, I was really happy to see that as well, because Another, oh God, I'm bringing up complaints. Um, another critique we heard of early Marvel movies was that we'd have a great villain or a somewhat villain okay problem. villain, and they would, there was the villain problem, and then they were disposed of. So to see Zemo come back, I thought was really cool because if you follow any comic storylines or any of the Avengers cartoons, like that character has so much potential. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we got to see a bit more of that realized. So I loved that we were going back to some comic roots. And I do like that's where we have sort of a little bit been heading with some of the uh, MCU stuff is that we're seeing things from the comic book come to life. So I thought that was cool. Um, I have a major issue with Agent 13. That character's just been mishandled the whole way through. It's unfortunate, yeah, that one's but at least. Been, ugh. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Okay, I guess. <laughs> that's basically what it is like. I'm the power broker. Okay. Sure. Sure you are. And see, that's another, like, that's another, um, like of the te- the teaser, the, the credit scenes where she was like, where was, I think that was the a credit scene where she, they like confirmed she's the power broker or whatever, but it's like, okay, when are we ever going to see her again? Like, it's like, who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I do like, I do like that we're carrying over what has happened in the films, though, to the TV show. So she is jilted. She does feel pushed mm-hmm. to the side. She There was consequences to actions, and I think that is one thing the TV shows are doing really strongly, showing consequences to major actions taken in the MCU films. So I do like that aspect. Mostly the blip. <laughs> Mostly. We're seeing a lot of blip. <laughs> so um, next we have Loki. Who do we have that showed up there? 
Oh, okay. Uh, which Loki? Loki is actually like kind of surprising, as in it's like I didn't really. I mean, I could just be wrong, but the only person that it had like debuted in an MCU movie already and then is in Loki that isn't Loki is re- it's really just Sif, right? Lady Sif is really the only because Loki, you know, Loki's I think Loki's the only like MCU character other than Sif, like that's in it at all. Cause everything else is like just setting up he's at the uh the the time for agency. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. So he's just there the whole time. So it's all new characters and you don't really like nobody's actually there other than Loki. And then you get Sif and the the memory thing, which it's actually kind of funny because it's like um this is the first time you see her play Sif since I think it's another Thor the Dark World situation to where it's like Yeah. Because they just um because you know they went super different with uh Ragnarok that it's like I don't know if she's in Ragnarok but even in, even this she's not really in this <laughs> she's <laughs> Sif is like um like obviously the actress is in it but Sif is just like a memory it's like that memory loop prison thing that they put him in so she she gets the shine there you know where she's playing like you know pre pre Thor Sif, which is really fun and seeing her hit him over and over again is really fun. But other than that, I don't think there's a whole, there's like a bunch of stuff going on here. And obviously this is the first time you see Jonathan majors as he who remains slash Kang. And you get the big Kang statue at the end and the Kang tease. And now that's, what's going to be this whole next few phases. He's the next Thanos, but you know, again, he's not really, He's not in anything before, so that's just a little, you know, aside. No, we're yet to see uh, what what dynasty will be at this point. But definitely, um, I had actually a little bit forgotten about Sif because when I think of Loki, it's very much its own self-contained thing in a weird way, except for maybe that first episode where it is him watching all the memories and replaying it all. But past that then, it's so much about all his different variants. It's, It's the Loki TV show and it's all about, all the different versions of Loki. So it makes sense to not have it be tied so much with the crossovers. And plus, like, this is um, going different worlds and different time streams, and that can definitely get a bit muddied if you're going to start crossing over too much at this point. I think this is the good kicking off point for what they want to do with Kang. So it's smart to not be tying it too tightly to MCU major streamline as we know it. Mm -hmm. And, and, I mean just a little aside is like i it's kind of implied that richard e grant the classic loki is like basically lived the same exact life that loki did up into infinity war except he faked his death in that situation so kind (laughs) of so it's kind of like that but you know he wasn't actually in an mcu movie or anything richard e grant wasn't in one so not the same but uh where do you think, I know we're getting a season two and it's really hard because like COVID's obviously had a very big impact on a lot of this. We talked earlier about like the Black Widow release date and stuff getting pushed and whatnot and mm-hmm. production and stuff. So we're getting to get a season two. It's going to be interesting to see where they lead if they do intend to cross it over more now. Maybe that's something we will start to see. Yeah, I think they'll kind of start going more crazy with it. Like 
Especially, especially once you have like, because this is the multiverse era and stuff, and then once you have King showing up in uh, Quantum Mania is the is the stinger on the that title. Once you have King showing up in like Quantum Mania, and then who knows where Loki might show back up in these uh, other Lokis. Mm-hmm. I think all the other Lokis got wiped out except him and Sylvie, but mm-hmm. you never know. <laughs> you never know what, <laughs> what they're going to do with Loki. They really like Tom Hiddleston over at him at oh, the yeah. Marvel offices. Absolutely. Um, next show, though, is a pretty big one that stands out to me as what we had as really good crossover, and that's going to be Hawkeye. Jim, who do we have in Hawkeye? So the two, the two big, the two. Oh no, it's not the big guys. It's the big ladies here. You have Florence Pew Pew coming in as Elena slash Black Widow. And then the, just the queen, the queen of like geeky TV and movies and whatever. Linda Cardellini comes back as Laura, which uh, kind of on the, uh, the Sharon Carter thing of like uh, the, one of the MacGuffins, I guess, of this show is like the, the watch, the agents of shield watch or something that, that echo has, uh and like so it's like that that's that's linda carlini's watch right and it's like who yeah it's it's like etchings or whatnot and yeah something about her identity it would reveal her like her shield identity or something but everyone was like that's linda carlini's watch right yeah yeah it is okay um but then you just have florence Pugh, you know coming in she was like so serious and kind of funny and kind like she was more serious in black widow i thought but then you come in here and she's just like she's throwing 100 miles an hour she's just throwing those fastballs in there like the macaroni and cheese and the you know kate bishop (laughs) i don't know which one you want which of the two you want to dig into i think it's more pew pew because actually it's gonna be linda carly because I think okay. that's the smaller role. Florence Pew Pew, like, uh, is obviously a bigger bigger package to dismantle. Um, Linda Carlini, definitely, I did like that when Clint needed help, like yeah. she was his person in the chair for this film, which mm-hmm. I think is cool because um, I've always really liked when you saw Hawkeye's home life, especially I think it's Age of Ultron and all that. Yeah, and then, Ultron when they're just on the farm for like when they're on the farm forty minutes and, and you're like, why are they doing this? Because <laughs> there's, like there's no computers out here for some reason. <laughs> I like that they're giving some more backstory growth because obviously we didn't see a lot of that with Hawkeye in the Avengers, so we remedied that to the extreme mm-hmm. for Age of Ultron, and we got to see his family, and it's all it was cool to see how that functioned. And then we saw it again in um, Infinity War when we get the snap and, you know, they're all gone and then the path that that takes Clint down. So, as I said, seeing consequences to actions, I'm really enjoying. So seeing the consequences of when he went Ronan and how that's affecting his family and now putting them in danger. And then the fact that it's set at Christmas, I thought was really smart, actually, that he yeah. just wants to be home for Christmas. I thought that's if Hawkeye's one of our more grounded characters, that's that's really clever. And yeah. so to see that family dynamic, I like what Linda Carlini is bringing to that. She's that good, wifey, steadfast character. I like her. And it's like, come on, it's Linda Carlini. Oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 
it's like, come on, of course, it's the perfect like person to play a role like that where you're just like, hell yeah, it's Linda Cardellini. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into Paula's cue because I love that you said she's going like she's throwing balls to the wall in this one. Like yeah, she just, she's like, cartoony to be. She extreme. turns it up to eleven on like <laughs> pe- people are like, oh, I kind of liked I kind of liked this about her in Black Widow, and she's like, oh yeah, wait until you see this, like. <laughs> Kate Bishop. This is not uh, silverware, Kate Bishop. But I like the pairing of her and Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, that we're getting some ingenues. We're getting these younger versions of these characters, and they're not just carbon copies of the heroes. Yeah, they're of the their ones own that they're like taking the mantle from. Exactly. But they're making their own. I think that's a cool female friendship that I'm hoping we might get to see a bit more of. I know it didn't hit for all people, but I personally thought that was one of the stronger aspects of Hawkeye and one of the things that kept me interested in the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. I like, I think, like, the, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how you would say this. Like, do do women have the term? Because obviously it's like, men have bromance what's the are they just like you know besties because you can have guys that are besties but like but it's like a different type of thing if it's a bromance so it's like they're yeah they're their bff yeah their bff woman bromance thing i think yeah. that, i think that's kind of the energy they give off to her it's like you know just they got that yeah we're tight we're tight yeah and the they're working well off of each other as well. So I get where you're getting that bromance energy because they're bringing something to one another. It's not just, oh, we click and we're going to be girlfriends, you know. It's yeah. like, no, they're actually a pretty cool pair together. Yeah, it, it's not It's not like, uh, it, it's not the mean girl's energy of like, oh, you're just like, my, you're my girlfriend now. We're wearing pink. We're wearing, on, we're wearing pink <laughs> on Wednesday. Our our, our costume's got to be pink on Wednesday. No, it's it's got that like more, you know, we would bounce off each other type of, of vibe and like kind of like a they're kind of like a buddy cop duo too it's like oh, but very. superhero duo. <laughs> <laughs> i um, like that like yelena was doing things that like kate bishop obviously hasn't been trained to do kate's great with the archery and stuff but when i saw like the yelena scaring scaling the wall like running down the wall like whoa <laughs> and then kate's yeah. obviously you know trying to emulate that i thought that was a cool grounding moment because if you were if you saw if you were saved by superheroes and you aspire to be a superhero Mm -hmm. those are the sort of things that you would go through like those trials and just throwing something out there and seeing if it sticks and giving a go so I thought that was really cool and um I mean um Monica did this in one they did this with Monica and WandaVision but they also do it with Yelena in this show is you get the perspective, which I kind of, I like, I know people are over it, but you get the perspective of people who like blipped to where it's like, you know, they're in this one spot, you know, Monica's in her chair at the hospital with her mom, it's cancer. So that's kind of, it kind of hits me a little, yep. a little hard. <laughs> um, and then, and then you have Yelena was just like using the bath. Like she found one of her black widows who had been, free who she went to free but she was already freed she was already off the uh the tether and she's just using the bathroom washing her face and then splash she's gone and then she's back and then it's like you know she comes out and there's a little child running around and stuff which so i thought that was like really interesting of like you actually get to see the perspective of people like what the people who blipped felt whereas instead of like you know where you see it in uh god what home title is it far from home 
like Far From Home, you see, I think is one of the first post-split movies to where it's just like, oh, you know, here's the band. The band was playing and then they just blipped back during this basketball game. And, you know, yeah. but you don't really get to see how those people felt about it. Whereas like those two situations you do, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, actually, they're throwing that line through a lot of the TV shows. As we see in Falcon and Winter Soldier, like the flag smash is, ob- is obviously like there's not enough global resources now, yeah. like, and what was the impact? Um, but also we see at the beginning of the Hawkeye series is that we're still getting the consequences from the Battle of New York in 2012. And I love to see that because I still really hold up the original Avengers. I really enjoy that one. I go back to that one a fair bit. So I still like seeing even consequences of like the Battle of New York. So, and with, like, you can kind of bundle it all in here because uh, one of the consequences of New York is, of course, Steve Rogers, the musical. Oh, I could which did not include oh, Ant-Man. Um, <laughs> Ant-Man wasn't even there. But um, you also have, I, I think it's the, it's the same characters, but I don't know if it's the same actors, actress, actress, whatever. But you see Clint's kids, which is also, like, you know, more of a cameo and like a driving thing. Like, you know, there you see them like wanting mayonnaise on hot dogs before they get blipped. And now they're, you know, in New York seeing Rogers the musical with their dad not wanting mayonnaise on hot dogs. I don't know if they still want mayonnaise on hot dogs. Maybe the blip fixed that. That's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's another of, you know, that one's also more like of a, I mean, because you still see them, but that's more of the cameo type of thing where you just like, yeah. you, you see them for a second and then they're, you know, they're just calling like, are you coming home, daddy? <laughs> Jim, who do we have in Hawkeye that we might be setting up for future appearances? See, these are the two that are kind of weird, right? Because mm-hmm. like when you specifically talk about from the movies to the shows, you have, uh, it's one thing, but this is one of the big ones where it's like you have Echo who's getting their own show. And then you have, um, you know, Maya Lopez. Her name is Maya Lopez. And then she's getting her own show. And then you have Kingpin. So you have Vincent D'Onofrio just returning as Kingpin in a kind of weird way. But uh, he does have a comic accurate, like, suit on with the with the Hawaiian. Both of them. So Echo, you have setting up her and her, I think it's like phase five TV show. And then Vincent D'Onofrio has never been in an MCU movie, but he was in the Netflix MCU shows. And he's probably not going to be in an MCU movie, but he's going to be in the MCU phase five Daredevil show, which, hey, coming up, tease. That's a tease. Uh, He's going to be in the Daredevil. He's probably going to be in those 22 episodes of Daredevil at some point, um, which you know, everyone loves Vincent D'Onofrio as oh, yeah. Kingpin. That was like one of the big things of, of the Netflix shows. Um, but yeah, he, you know, not, not an MC, not an MCU movie character. And I, I don't know if he will be. So it's kind of, kind of weird there. It's, it's definitely a street level villain. So unless we're going to get street level movies, which it seems we're going this big multiverse way, mm-hmm. it's not what we're going to say. It's hard to imagine that they're going to do any more street level type movies. It's like, you know, because Ant-Man's more like street level-ish with, you know, he's, you know, got to stop the big bad corporation with his like crew and stealing this thing. But now it's it's going to be like Quantum Mania and Fantastic mm. Four and I mean, Blade maybe. Blade be- is the, but, in that but lineup, Blade is what sticks out to me as the outlier. Yeah. Like, but everything I don't else know is, where that fits. Oh, we're going to, we're in space and 
you know, maybe World War Hulk now and the Marvels is going to be in Secret World Wars and which, you know, Secret Wars can be more street-ish level, but you still have scrolls. Like, eh. yeah. <laughs> how street level could you be with, with aliens everywhere? Yeah, it's taking it out of that Hell's Kitchen environment. And that's really where Kingpin Thrives is is based in New York. So yeah. definitely, unless they're going to do maybe something Spider-Man-y, possibly maybe. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing him cross over in that. Or, like, if we're going to get more Daredevil the defenders if they ever start to do that like that's a way to go <laughs> i know they're just never going to <laughs> okay i mean like the um the original lineup like not the not, not the, the netflix show yeah but i want to see jessica jones come back and luke cage come back like jessica jones oh, especially for the new avengers of it all like that is where I, my heart is leading i loved those first first seasons of those two shows so yeah, i i think <laughs> oh, is it Jessica Jones's apartment that Haley Steinfeld stays in in Hawkeye? Because she's like, my aunt's out of town. I looked at that set and I'm like, that's Jessica Jones's set. So can you please do some fact check? Uh, if you go, like, if you just Google it, like, if you Google Jessica Jones' apartment, it, it immediately comes up Hawkeye. And then this on this, there's a Reddit thread that says, when Kate and Clint go to the apartment building, we see Jones Gunther on the apartment listing. And it looked very yes. similar to Jessica's apartment. Yeah, so, so I'm hoping we're going to get Jessica Jones come over into IMCU soon. So that'd yeah. be great. Uh, Jim, we're starting to go. We're starting to veer into the territory I'm less familiar with because we're going to talk about Moon Knight now, and I'm uh, about halfway through. This is one I've been stuck on for just a little bit because um, the MCU shows are coming out. Uh, very fast nowadays mm -hmm. and if you're not able to keep up with it weekly I alluded to earlier like you would have memes all the time but now's where I've a little bit not fallen off the bandwagon I still have love for it but important things in life come up and it's hard to stay weekly for sure yeah so, I, uh, my, my wife is like has a heavy semester of school so it's like rings of yes. power rip we gotta wait until semester's over like we you know House of Dragon had already started so it's like Okay, that's our one show. Now it's just got to wait on everything else. So, uh, it very much the same boat in our household. But uh, who do we have in Moon Knight? I, I, I don't think anybody. <laughs> I don't we think, don't have anybody. Don't that is anybody. Um, I, I haven't all, seen anyone yet. So. It's all. It's all. It all take. I mean, I don't want to say all, but most of it takes place in the Middle East and the yeah. UK, which. You know, I mean, there's references. I mean, I don't even know if there's references really to to any MCU characters. I mean, uh, spoiler, like, but no. I mean, maybe some of the Eternals type stuff, maybe. But I don't think. Yeah, I don't really think there's. Um, I don't really think there's any actual like crossover so with any of it because even then like our look ahead type of talk like i don't really think like i don't think th this feels like oscar isaac and uh may cal god that's a name callum callum away cal callum callum i don't know layla scarlet scarab it's scarlet scarab that's who that's who she's playing in this um and setting up but i don't i don't think they're going to be in an MC. I don't think they'll be in an MCU movie. I think it's kind of like a, 
that show I was thinking of earlier, Loki. I and Loki and thing. Daredevil, where it's just gonna be like, oh well, Loki could show back up. My bad. Daredevil is what we were talking about. Whereas like, I don't Daredevil and Echo. I don't think like, I don't think we're setting that up to put them in a, the movies. It's like just setting them up so they can have their own MCU TV show. I think that's what will happen if there's a Moon Knight. I think there's gonna more likely to be a Moon Knight season two than like a Moon Knight two and a half hour movie. Uh, so then we've got Miss Marvel. Who do we have appearing in that one? Okay, this one is, it's real, this one's really not, this one as well is kind of like, you don't really have a lot of the crossover um, other than um, our two favorite uh, detectives of Department of Damage Control, uh, what uh, Stewie, his name is Stewie. It's Stewie it from is. Succession. They, and this these two are, are both true, like, you know, they're, they were cameos in um, No Way Home. Yes, No Way Home. That's the home one. Uh, they were both cameos in No Way Home with uh, with Peter, like, threatening him and stuff. Uh, and then this is, they have bigger parts in this. Um, and, oh, it's uh, Cleary, Detective Cleary and Deaver. Deaver? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the two agents that are in No Way Home. And then, obviously, in the, the mid-credits scene, you have... Brie Larson showing up as Captain Marvel, but with like some some braid, some new braids in her hair, and she's like, "What?" And then it sets up, you know, the Marvels movie again. So, because it's like, oh well, spoiler. Uh, Don't have to <laughs> say, Helen. Go for um, it. The the scene the scene where Carol shows up is like this scene where it's like Kamala's messing with her bracelet thing like which i think with this one too is uh she has the the bangle these bangle bracelets which is what helps activate her powers or whatever it's it gives you very uh shang chi vibes with like the 10 rings where it's there's this ancient thing that happens to be on earth or whatever she's messing with it and then it kind of like teleports her to wherever carol is and then they like teleport swap or whatever so that's that's where so carol's just a straight up cameo at, at like that is same thing of like um that we were talking about where it's just you know we're a little close to the marvels now but it's just like oh hey you know kamala's gonna be in this this marvels movie at some point but the two the two stars of the show is stewie and uh, <laughs> we always gotta call him stewie he's our stewie absolutely uh and then agent deaver uh they're the like kind of bad of the show because you know that is something marvel does really well is keeping their like um government officials or agencies or whatnot in everything so we saw like thunderbolt ross would cameo and stuff you know or um we would see shield having meetings and all those government officials and judges and whatnot it's keeping those people grounding our universe and coming back i i always really like that yeah um maybe was the was damage control set up is that what the the in um homecoming in spider-man homecoming that pisses off michael keaton at the beginning is that the first time we like see damage control because it's oh. like I, I think that's the like through line of when once you get to like um once you get into the mc i think that's the first time we even hear of it and then it's like oh hey you know 
Iron Man, it's mentioned in the Iron Man movie? No way. Oh, but you're right. Like, that was the cleanup of Battle of New York. When you first see them and they're like, we're damaged control and we're a-holes in New York. And then, you know, and then they're they're more in No Way Home. Too many homes in the titles. Um, (laughs) They're in No Way Home. And then they're like, this is where you see the more, like, again, Kamal is like a true street level because she's just like, oh, I'm going to save this boy from falling off a tower and um, well, oh, oh, and then they kind of get multiversal with it. Like this world's going to collapse on this other world, but it's all, it's all still contained into like the streets of like Pakistan. That's where, yeah, I, my geography is not great this time in the morning. Like when she goes to see her family in, in Pakistan and then like, it's all street level stuff with like the red daggers too. And, um, so it's just you really get to see them shine in the episodes where she's just in New York and then they're just like being dicks like, oh, we're coming for her and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to do this and we're going to get her. And then, you know, that doesn't end too well for for them. It ends it ends worse for one of our agents of uh, damage control than the other. But I won't tell you which. Thank you. I have something to look forward to. Let's um after, let's after wrap up. Spoiled everything. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like Facebook and Reddit spoils everything nowadays anyway. <laughs> Within 24 hours of an episode dropping. Let, let me let me quick say because this doesn't okay. it doesn't really count, but you know, kinda the first episode is Kamala wants to go to AvengerCon. It's like the first Avenger. So then you you get all these like really funny and weird, like like, oh, here's a Hulk guy and here's this thing, and then um uh bruno is like dressed up as tony stark in her fantasy of how the day is gonna go and then like you get all this weird like hulk birch and stuff it's it's like a real fun scene like where she goes the the thought of it is like the the thought of AvengerCon is like would people really do this and then you think of like game of thrones conventions and power rangers conventions and star trek conventions you're like yeah, this is exactly some nonsense that we would be pulling if 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 these heroes are real. This is like the exact thing. I think AvengerCon would have been significantly bigger because she just goes to like, uh, where, I think it's in a significant location. It's like in a warehouse or something in New York. I think this the it's like a significant location or something. But you're like, there's no way this thing's happening at like you know. Where the Knicks play or something, uh, Madison Square Garden, like one where the NBA team, because this thing would be like massive, like 50,000 people wanting to go to it or something. But other than that, I was like, yeah, this is some nonsense we would pull in real life if like we'd have these weird, I mean, because we already do really. And it, the superheroes are just like comic book characters and not, and not actual people. So. Well, yeah. it's very much what you're alluding to with like classic MCU and it's only been around for 14 years but in this universe that's been enough time for this big recognition and for these things to start to develop which is really scary because that makes me feel a little bit old when like you think like how long it's been going for that that that's now the direction that we're heading is that we have reverence in the universe for the original Avengers like enough mm-hmm. time has passed um, let's wrap up with She-Hulk up to episode four. Who have we got so far? Okay. So, so the big one. No so pun intended. Far, obviously, the big the big the big cameo is Megan the Stallion. <laughs> Causing the internet to lose their shit. 
She's not been in an MCU movie, but we're not going to not talk about She-Hulk. We can't not talk about that. I mean, technically, I mean, uh, she's like being copied. She, so Megan the Stallion, spo- just complete spoilers for episode three, but one of these other lawyers that uh, that Jessica knows, Jessica Walters knows, gets like catfished by a light elf from New Asgard that can um, uh, shapeshift. She's a shapeshifter and she could just turn into whoever. And then he like gets catfished because she shapeshifts into Megan the Stallion and then like catfishes him as it. And then Megan, this actual Megan the Stallion shows up. So maybe, maybe we could say, hey, that light up was in the background of a, of a Thor movie. So that kind of counts. But, uh, but the big one, it, the big, the big ones, the, the big, the three, the dragon has three heads. The big three of this so far is the Hulk play you know bruce banner is in the first episode and then the second you get emil blonsky and then and then that's the first time you see him and then he's in episode three as well with long because just spoilers like you see long is everywhere now you get to you get to see the because you because the they do just set the hard timeline like the first episode is right before it. The second episode is the fallout from it of when you see Abomination in Shang-Chi. So yes. it's you, the, in the second episode is it's kind of leading up to it. The end of the episode is like, this is the, you see it on the news of like the Abomination escaped from prison. And then the, the, the episode three is the fallout in which Wong comes in to like, be like, this is why I did. The, this is why the Abomination was there. Um, but the uh with Wong and um I mean Tim Roth is Blonsky. Uh, I'm I'm gonna save him. I'll, I'll save him because his is the biggest one, I think. So the yeah. first uh Wong is the more cameo-ish. He's just in it a little. He's a, he's just in that episode three to be the, you know, I am the sorcerer supreme and I needed to do training, which I forced the abomination to do, and then he wanted to come back to prison on his own free will, blah blah blah. So he Wong is in it in the bill in you know more of the Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme stuff, which is it's still just kind of like fun and weird because you know you know Doctor Strange in our hearts he's the Sorcerer Supreme and he was <laughs> always the Sorcerer Supreme and now it's just like he got blipped so it's Wong now, um, but yeah B you know BD Wong just like that in a thousand with him he's just like so fun like. He, he's just like so fun and stuff he's doing now and just does like really random stuff. He, you know, he's in the end of Shang-Chi. So it's like, so where's Multiverse of Madness? I don't know. And then it's like, okay, you've got Wong as the Sorcerer Supreme now. And then he's like doing this at midway through Shang-Chi. And then he's in the end of Shang-Chi with the like, what are these rings things? And then who knows i i don't know it's really weird because i don't know when the doctor like multiverse of madness actually is compared to like all of these things i don't think they give us any kind of like like thing that you can set to go oh okay this is right before i mean i'm sure if you just google like oh yeah you know it takes place 12 minutes before <laughs> before yeah. shang chi begins or something um but yeah uh long one episode big big hitter and then they put the they put bruce in the first episode which i heard on 
on the Ringerverse, shout out the Ringerverse, I was listening to, um, I believe, Mint Edition talking about the first episode, uh, which is Steve Allman and Jomi Adeneron. And they what they were talking about was that this first episode with Bruce, the bonding episode with Bruce, was originally like the penultimate episode of the season. But they moved oh. it up because they felt, uh, because when they were testing it or whatever, it was like the... it. Te- it it like made people connect her with Bruce more made, made the other episodes more enjoyable. Cause she, she has like, you know, a classic that cut your favorite cousin type of relationship with them where it's like, you talk crap to each other and like you give it, you give it to each other kind of good, like, like trash talk to each other. Um, and you know, she, she has this whole, the whole, that, that whole first episode is about him trying to get her to be able to control the monster inside, which apparently she kind of doesn't have, which is why, like, you know, that weird part of the internet is like, she's, she doesn't deserve it then. Why does, why can Ray control this in Star Wars? It ruined Star Wars for me. But Luke, who also isn't trained, just like using the force at the end of Star Wars is awesome. And oh, I hate women, but. Yeah, so for that crowd didn't didn't like it, but but yeah, it's a really fun episode of like you get the uh you get her the origin of how she became a She-Hulk, how how she became She-Hulk and how she got the powers and everything. And then, you know, it's just them back and forth. He's trying to con- he's trying to help her control it, which it's kind of just already under control. And then you get this fun it's just this really fun like bungalow lab thing in mexico that that bruce is like yeah tony helped me build this and they there's just a lot of like a lot of good back and forth and of course the the thing that went has just spread all over the internet is the part where she's just like so he's definitely captain america is definitely a virgin right he's definitely a virgin and they just that's like the thing throughout the whole episode is she's like he's a virgin right so he, he went to camp lehigh in this year and then he, he went to the ice this year so that means he definitely died a virgin right and so it's just so it's just so fun and it's, it's something else to remember is like nobody really knows that like what happened to steve really true because because jessica is like talking about like he died during the events of endgame but like only you know sam bruce and Bucky really know that, oh, no, he went and lived his life with Peggy and blah, 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 in this alternate timeline. And then for some reason, it's there at the end of Endgame. Did he come from a different thing or was he the husband the whole time? Who really knows? I don't know. But um, yeah, but so because that is a thing is like I'm I, that's what I took away from it is like people still think like Captain died with Tony and like the the end of that. And he was he was just gone. So that was the first so I'm just I'm just kind of rambling now, but that was the first. That's just the first episode, and then the second episode in a much more condensed thing of like, you have Jessica's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, uh, represent the abomination because of my familiar connection or whatever. She calls Bruce, and Bruce is like, yeah, cool, go for it. And because the thing, this is I think my favorite of all the ones that we've talked about is because with Tim Roth and um, and Oblonsky is the way they set it up is you get what happened in the the Incredible Hulk movie, or is it just the Hulk? Which one's the Hulk? Incredible That's the Hulk. one. The Incredible Hulk is the Norton one. Okay. Yes. 
So in The Incredible Hulk, you get it from Blonsky's perspective of, you know, I'm just this this special forces guy. They shoot me up full of these, like, these drugs that, these experimental drugs or whatever, and they're like, the Hulk's the bad guy. So you got to go stop the Hulk. And I'm just doing, you know, I'm doing this for my country and stuff. And you're like, oh, oh, damn. Like, that's like, yeah, that's a deep, different take of it when you look at it from, like, so, because there's some villains where it's like just bad guy, just like yeah, Obadiah I Stain. am evil. Obadiah I am not nice. Skeletal. There's, there's nothing yeah. redeeming about Obadiah Stane. He was like sending <laughs> weapons to like terrorist groups and like, and then selling them to this so they'll attack each other. Like that's just straight up terribleness. But like when you look at when you can reframe a character from from like you know 14 years ago. And you could, we haven't even seen the only time we've seen him since was in that fight scene in Shang-Chi. And then it's like, you just can completely reframe like, oh man, it's like, you never really thought of it from that perspective. And it just really changed the way you can watch. I mean, cause Tim Roth is still kind of like comical in the incredible Hulk at, as the abomination, but this version, it's just really interesting to see of like, you, you know, he, he was kind of like, Thunderbolt Ross did kind of like push him into it. And then like, you know, maybe, maybe after he got smacked by Bruce and then like broke all the, the bones in his body or whatever. And then they, I mean, they shot him up and then it like fixed him. And then, you know, from there, it's like, that's where it gets gray. It's like, is this, is this caused by Blonsky being the bad guy or is it now caused by, Blonsky who was just fine and then got all of his bones broken and then they're like oh we'll shoot him up with some more and now that is like the abomination inside of him because that's a big thing in She-Hulk is like Bruce is worried about the other guy he's like there's nobody else in there he's worried about the other girl and and Jessica which you know that is what Bruce and Blonsky both deal with was there's that other guy inside of them like and that was the abomination so it's like you know was Blonsky the bad guy or was it Thunderbolt Ross, who shot him up with all this and then made the monster inside of him want more, you know. I I just yeah, ran, but spoilers. No, <laughs> that, yeah, bringing a more ethical dilemma to the Hulk is interesting because sometimes it's not what we focus on. We just focus on, like, Hulk smash, you know. So bringing a bit more dimension is always good. And Tim Roth, that was that abomination bite scene in Chain Chi, I remember sitting there going, whoa like what a throwback because like the incredible hulk's definitely like the forgotten child of the mcu Mm -hmm. so to bring back abomination and to have tim roth come back like we talked about plucking characters like darcy like that is a deep pull like that Mm -hmm. is great to see darcy was crazy and that was like that was seven eight years he was 14 we have not seen him since i mean well I guess it's 13 years because you saw the abomination in Shang-Chi and then it's like, that was 13 years. It's like, what? Uh, Jim, that's all our Disney Plus shows that we've got at the moment. Is there anything you want to mention about some of the non-Disney Plus shows? Just very quickly to wrap up the episode. Yeah, like so anything obviously, obviously we wanted to talk about the Disney Plus phase four shows, which... I've seen them all. I I did not watch all of the ABC like ABC Agents shows, which Shield. which is uh you have uh uh what is his name? Fantastic uh, Black Bolt. Black Bolt. 
But you have well, Agents of Shield. You have Agents of yeah. Shield, uh, Agent Carter, and then you had the Inhuman show, which was terrible. Which you had Black Bolt in that, who was terrible in that. But then he's in <laughs> he's in Multiverse well, of Madness. Yes. And, but to you know the other way around, what we were talking about of MCU characters and TV shows is like Agents of Shield is kind of just like out the window because it's like I looked at a list of like Agents of Shield have President Ellis from Iron Man three. Gideon Malik from the Avengers, Agent Stillwell, which is kind of like the, you know, one of the bigger ones. And then uh, Sif was in an episode. And then you had the big three of S.H.I.E.L.D., like Coulson, Fury, and yeah. Maria Hill, and all in like plenty of episodes. Again, I didn't watch Agent, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and uh, same thing with uh, Agent Carter. I didn't watch that. But then you had, you know, Haley Atwell, you got Peggy, Peggy Carter, and then you've got Howard Stark and Dominic Jar- Jar- yeah. Jarvis. Jarvis, yeah, yeah. Jar- Jarvis, the dude that it, the voice is based off of, but Paul Bettany, uh, who knows? But yeah, we just wanted to focus on the phase four, like MCU shows, to where it's like, so yes, we do acknowledge that all those all those ABC shows had all of these like cameos and like characters from the movies in it, but. You know, that's a lot more ground to cover. Like, if we were going to watch Agents of Shield, that's like I, I feel like that's probably like a whole nother hour of of talking. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we didn't forget about them, but we just wanted to mainly stick the conversation to the Phase Four MCU. What's in the phases? What is considered canon nowadays? I guess you could yes. say. Yes, yeah, because who knows? It's like you know, you know what MC is doing. It's like their canon is like Vincent D'Onofrio. Yep, Charlie Cox. Yep, but sort of not really. Maybe. Jessica Jones maybe kind of I think there was rumors about John Barenthal gonna is still the Punisher I I think I've seen those like floating around Twitter or whatever but it's like John Barenthal maybe yep kind (laughs) of so you got those ones Uh, where it's like Charlie Cox towards like we've been told it's like it is Charlie Cox's Daredevil but it's not the exact Netflix show Charlie Cox Daredevil and the same thing with Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin but it's like <sighs> okay Jim on that note thank you so much for coming in uh, on the show and bringing me this topic this was an amazing <laughs> lovely conversation to have it was a thank great you for coming on. thank you so and much we'll see- for having me oh you're very welcome and we'll see everyone next time thank you for joining me on this episode of doing Disney Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doing Disney Podcast and Twitter at Doing Disney Pod. 